What is up, my friend? Welcome to episode 134 of the Anthony Chun Weeks podcast. And today I'm bringing you on one of my homies, Ryan Stuman, the hardcore closer. I've known Ryan personally for man, about five years now. We're both from Dallas, Texas, and it's been really cool to watch his evolution as an influencer in the online business industry. And it's been really cool to witness his growth um, as a human being. Now, Ryan's a controversial dude, but he's always been straight with me. And, uh, you know, I just respect the dude. And during this episode, he shares some epic wisdom to really help you rise above your competition. So if you want an edge over your entire industry, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anthony John Amix podcast, the one and only podcast designed to help you become unstoppable in life and business. My name is Anthony John Amix. My friends call me AJ. And my goal with this podcast is to help you remember who you truly are so you can maintain your center in the chaos, embody your potential, and unlock freedom in your life and business. That being said, let's get into today's show. All right, welcome back. Today I told you I'm bringing you Ryan Stuman. He's a four-time best-selling author. He contributes to Forbes, Entrepreneur, Addicted to Success. It's really hard to say, Addicted to Success. Uh, And a whole bunch of other places, like Huffington Post, I could go on. He's got more Salesman of the Month plaques than he can count. He runs a website called hardcorecloser.com. It's an online learning resource for salespeople. He sells e-learning products in the advertising, the marketing, the funnel, the sales, social media arenas. Like He does a lot of personal coaching um, and hosts lives events as well. And he's kind of like a no-fluff kind of guy, right? And his knowledge and his wisdom has been gained through experience. So it's not like theory or fluff or ideas. Now, before I bring Ryan onto the show, I want to let you know about my brand new book called Unstoppable Beacon. I'm super, super excited about this book because it really captures my entire life's work up to this point. And it's going to help you know how to maintain your center in the chaos, embody your potential and unlock freedom in your life and business. And you can get the book right now. It dropped today. You can get it at unstoppablebeacon.com. Plus when you grab it, I have some bonus trainings for you as a surprise. And it's just my way of saying thank you when you purchase the book. So again, head on over to unstoppablebeacon.com to grab the book today. And with that being said, let's bring Ryan onto the show. Stimmon, what's up, brother? Welcome to the podcast. Man, I am. Uh, I'm glad you're having me on, man. I could have swore that we've done this before. Well, dude, you, you've come into the course. You were on my podcast then. That had to be what it is, right? You haven't invited me on your podcast yet, bro. Well, what? No, no, no. Way back in the day, man. Way you back in the day. You had me on your podcast. Oh, man, I, I know every single up. podcast I've ever been on, and Ryan Stuman's podcast, I have not been on yet. That's so weird, man. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna go. We have kicked it at your house. We have kicked it at an MMA event here in Dallas. We have kicked it at your events multiple times. I'm going to come kick it with you again uh, in your event in April. But yeah, dude. Well, that's weird, man. I could have swore we had had to. Anyway. It's all good, man. My bad. It's all good. You know, it's all good. Getting old. All... You know, I'm like starting to kind of be like Joe Biden. I can't remember shit anymore. <laughs> I don't know what day of the week it is. What did I just sign? I don't know. Well, at least you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. I want to talk about like rising above today. It's been really cool, man, seeing you evolve as a human being, going from kind of your tagline of fuck your excuses, which I know is still a thing of yours. You have it tattooed on your body, but it feels like you have this new tagline, which is like rise above, uh, which I feel like fuck your excuses was like coming from this place. It was like almost like rage against the machine, like fuck you. You're not going to I'm not going to do what you tell me. Right. But rise above kind of seems like it has a little bit more grace in it. And I'm just kind of curious if that's true or not. It seems like it's like a higher level of consciousness or spirituality in it a little bit. You know, um, I still live by the, the, the fuck your excuses mantra and, and so do our clients and stuff. But, you know, uh, 
a lot of people ain't ready to swallow that yet. So I had to come in with something. See, my job is the best way to put it is one time about 10 years ago, I was talking to one of the top real estate listing agents on the planet. And she said, my job is to go in when I'm doing a listing appointment and make someone feel completely confident and secure and comfortable that they can sell this house, that it's a nice house, it's in demand. She said, as soon as they sign the paperwork, it's my job to convince them to get rid of every ugly piece of furniture and picture and painting on the wall in there. I have to like do a complete 180, right? And so in the beginning, bringing it back to that, like fuck your excuses is what we're basically getting people to come in. But we had to lure them in with something better, right? We had to kind of make them feel like the house is nice. And plus, you know, I have rose above, I guess would be the word, risen above, uh, a lot of drama and, and problems and stuff like that. So, you know, my days, my, my post and my mindset this, these days is more about lifting people up than making them feel guilty for being, you know, where they're at. Right. So I just had to change a little bit. And that message is catching more people. And I'm still the same me. Right. It's still fuck your excuses. I got it literally tattooed on my hand. So like the world can see it. There's no covering that up other than wearing a pair of gloves. Uh, which there's no need for that in Texas. But, you know, there's like, it's just the rise above thing. People get that, you know, and then we bring them in with like, oh, hey, rise above. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's fuck your excuses. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the listing agent, right? Your house is beautiful. Okay, this looks like shit. We got to get rid of it. It's, you know, we're going to sell this thing. We can't have a blue couch in the living room, lady. So awesome, man. And so one of the things you posted today was you have this event coming up in April. You're going to do it last year and then do the government, or at least the state of Texas, pulled the plug on you a bit. So how did you rise above? Like you seem to keep a rational mind, uh, at least on the outside. I'm sure on the inside, it's not rational a bit until you get a hold of it. But how do you say rational so much, bro? Man, you know, I've learned this, that every struggle, and, and I just said this the other day on one of my social media channels, but like every struggle is simply a problem that hasn't been converted into a blessing. And uh, that was just a struggle. You know, I used to get mad when shit didn't go right. And, 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 and But I realized the more things don't go right, the more chances you have to write things. And that's when real breakthrough happens, whether it's writing something in your mindset or writing something in a relationship or writing something that went wrong financially. But when you do that, that's when you can have the biggest breakthrough because then you've got a lesson experience and that's how you that's how you continue to make more money. And sometimes it costs you money and a lesson and experience to be able sure. to go make more. Last year, we had sold out an event for a thousand people. We do this once a year and we max it out on a thousand people. We call it the million dollar mastermind. We've been doing it for four or five years now. Last year was our biggest year, right? So it hasn't always been a thousand. It was like 200. It was probably like more like 100, then like 250, then 500, then 800. So last year, in 2020, that was going to be the big one. We had like 890 something in 2019, right? Biggest event that I've ever personally thrown. So in 2020, we're going to be, we're going to sell a thousand tickets. We do it. Okay. And then, you know, this event's going to be April 24th and 25th, about March, I don't know, 15th, like today, right? The governor comes out and he's like, hey man, we're going to have to close this shit down. It's a lot of pressure on me. We're going to have to close it down for just two weeks, right? Um, at that time, the hotel called me and said, hey, you know, you can't throw your event here. COVID, 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 paranoia, paranoia. And if you remember, this time last year, we were watching videos where they were stacking bodies in the street in China. Like, we were seriously fucking concerned, right? right now, totally. I've lost a few friends and people that I care about 
to Corona, so it's really nothing to laugh about, but it was nothing of the proportion that we were expecting, sure. right? And so, uh, but now I've got like 125 and, and, you know, no matter how rich you are, you know, 25, 50, 60, 70, 10, hundred thousand dollars is still a lot of money, right? Especially if you grew up like poor, like I did, it's still like, that's a, a boatload of fucking money, right? So here I am, $125,000 into this. The West End calls me and they're like, we're out, right? I can't find another hotel because the city of Dallas, we have this crazy ass judge, you know, you live here. Like, you know, it was crazy what was going on. So obviously we couldn't do it. So what I did was went back and, and hit everybody up that had bought a ticket and said, you know, we'll give you a refund. Even though I'd already spent their money, I'm clearly out that money. We'll give you a refund. Or I had to think quick, the sales guy in me, right? So what's an offer they can't refuse that I could keep their money, right? I said, well, we give you a refund or we'll 10X what you paid for store credit, right? So then they can buy training programs, memberships to Apex, whatever. Thank God, like 90% of those people <laughs> took the 10X, right? Nice. Now we sold a bunch of discounted shit, but it kept me from having a, and you know what? Sure. It, it just kept me from having to, first of all, you think about this, you 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 will appreciate this. I've been in this game for 11 years and I've kept my word every year for 11 years and I don't have any one-star reviews, no rip-off reports, none of that shit for 11 years. When you have a thousand people that are all of a sudden worried if they have a job, worried if they're going to be an essential worker, worried if they're going to get a refund, for, for me to handle that and still not be blasted anywhere on social media or blasted on the news or in the, the rip-off report or any of that shit, just shows you like how quick we got under the pressure and got that shit handled, right? So once we had everybody taken care of, which only took us about three or four days because my whole team stopped what we were doing and called everybody. Um, emails, texts, we blew people up. People were bitching about, have your auto dialer, quit calling me. I'm trying to give you some money, motherfucker. Answer the phone, right? So we, uh, but we wanted to make sure that, you know, before anybody got mad and thought we were going to steal from them because that's what a lot of the other folks did as we saw later on in the year. Uh, before anybody else thought that, I wanted to make sure we were in contact because if we show up first, then it's like, oh, they got me covered. You know, it's like, so um, we ended up after that, I was like, well, I already got all my buddies to agree to do this shit, right? They're all going to do this event. So, you know, what if we just give it away? Shit. What if we just get all my friends and this, this had the virtual of the dawn of virtual events was not upon us. I mean, this right. shit literally was like, we just got locked down and I went, well, fuck, I know how to do virtual events. We've done the shit before. Let's just kind of be the first one to do that. So while Eric Worre and Tony Robbins and all these people were spending like $8 million building these fucking crazy virtual summit shit, you know, which cool, they got the money to do that, you know, and Salesforce, I think paid for Tony Robbins uh, deal, which is a great write off for them, a good partnership for them. For me, I'm just like, Hey man, go record yourself somewhere cool and then send me the video. <laughs> and so what we did was we just sat at the office with open broadcaster and we're streaming these fucking pre-recorded things live to YouTube for free and they end up getting like 30,000 people. So here's the point of that story though. You talk about rising above. I had the problem, bam, I'm out 120 grand. Bam, people are gonna want refunds and possibly go to the ripoff report. And I really care about my reputation. I want my word and my name to mean something. Um, and then- you know, we got this short period of time to get the speakers to go from flying in and, and I'm out the plane tickets. That fucking money's gone. I'm out the hotel rooms. That money's gone. You know, and now I got the fucking speakers. I got to organize them like cats to get an hour long video to me within like the next 15 days. And then we got to build a new funnel to get everybody to YouTube. I mean, it was just fucking calamity. But 
because of that, I was one of the first guys, if not the first guy, to throw a virtual event. Wasn't perfect. It wasn't beautiful like Tony and Eric and all those other guys have, but it worked. And and it, and and sometimes you don't have to be the best. You just got to be the first to market, you know. And what happened was since everybody was locked at home, nobody's job knew what to fucking tell them to do. At this time, they had all it was perfect timing because they had all the time in the world. Like, what are you going to do today? I don't know. Watch fucking stewing shit. See if it's worth the fuck. Right. Like it, we couldn't have. And it's free. Like you got nothing to lose. Like we couldn't have made a better offer to the marketplace. Sure. Well, because of that one thing and rising above that and me not going, it doesn't mean I wasn't stressed and under pressure. But me not getting mad and yelling at the hotel on social media and all the shit that I might possibly have done six or seven years ago, maybe even four or five years ago, but just pushing through that going, hey, I'm going to make this a blessing. On the other side of that is when the world started opening back up in August and people were comfortable with spending money, we were one of the first places that people started spending money with. You know, hey, we watched you guys keep it real through this shit. We watched you guys give back to the community. You know, last year. Things we, we, we never talk about on social media, but last year I gave almost a quarter million dollars to charities to help feed and fucking take care of families that didn't have money all around the place. And do we give, uh, you know, a bunch of money to Operation Underground Railroad to help sex slaves all last year, even result in the three and all this, like switching all their, like a lot of people switch from, you know, digital marketing to e-com and shit like that. All of a sudden, man, I, I just went, okay, so in a year when people need some stuff. How can I just give and give and give? How can I give more money to charity than ever before? How can I give more charity to the marketplace and more value to the marketplace? We did, like, when the stimulus checks were announced, I got five of my clients that are in that line of business, lending, taxes, all that shit. I got them on a, on a webinar. We did it for free and taught everybody how to get stimulus money, not stimulus money, PPP and EIDL money, right? Mm -hmm. I got everybody. There was 4,900 people live on that webinar. No ads ran, no nothing, right? But these are things, and guess what? We helped a lot of business owners, and I didn't make a dime for this. We helped a lot of business owners get hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to be able to carry themselves through last year. Again, when things started turning around, who did they come to, right? They say, hey, man, I appreciate what you did back in May. We got through our steal. We paid our money back. Our loan was forgiven. You know, we want to join your program. Mm. And so, you know, it was scary at the time, but rising above is about seeing that, hey, there's a struggle in front of me. But as I keep rising above this shit, I'll have a, a better view of what's going on. Now I look back, that was perfect timing for everything. Sure. At the time, I was probably like, why the fuck is all this happening now? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like this house we bought. We bought a house back in October. We, we bought it. We gutted it. It hadn't been updated in like, since 1973. And just like after the, the snow apocalypse hit, the water heater went out, the air conditioning went out, heating went out. Plumbing went out. And I'm like, we have replaced everything except those items in this house. Why do they all got to yeah. go now? <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's 110 this summer, you'll be glad you got oh, the AC totally. in the winter instead of the fucking summer. Yeah, they, totally. Man, if you got to wait two or three days for them to bring that happened to one of my houses, I had to wait two or three days for them to get one out to me. Oh God, that's torture around here. Yeah, we dude, take I, that shit for granted. We really do. Yeah. I told my wife, I was like, I'm so glad it's happening right now and not in July. So it's yep. all good. So to yep. just talk about this a bit, this rising above things. So one is like, there's like, do the work. There's some mindsets. Is it that simple where it's just a mindset game and it's a go do the strategy game? Or is there also some emotional intelligence that goes with it? Well, you know, um, a good story I was reading, oddly enough, in this book called Rising Above, I actually... Uh, this guy was a Green Beret 
it's a great book. And uh, he just wrote it like a couple months ago. Say so he reads my posts all the time and inspired to write a book with that title. So that was pretty fucking cool, right? <laughs> and uh, but it's a, it's a great book. I ordered a few copies for me and some of my employees. And he talks about <clears throat> when you go to jump school in the army and you're in the airborne, right? And it's your first time to jump off the plane. There's there's like you can you can almost hear motherfuckers' knees knocking and jaws jawing and teeth clatter because they're scared shitless. I don't know if you've ever jumped out of a plane. I I've have, done man. it once. I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just not my thing. So I would be one of those guys, right? I'd be making up every excuse, like how long is the court martial for this shit, <laughs> right? Like I would have been thinking through <laughs> everything. But you know that you've practiced enough that if you just trust the process and do it, right? You know, left hand here, right hand here, count to three, pull cord, look up, like you, whatever that's, I don't know what the fucking sequence is, so don't quote me on, but I'm just thinking like, whatever that is, I mean, don't follow that, you'll probably get killed. But, but whatever that sequence is, if you just trust that process, even though you've never jumped, you know the person that taught you that process has jumped thousands of fucking time because he's always the last on the ground when everybody's down there, right? So if you just trust them and you trust the practice runs and they make it easy because let's just be real, like the, the super intelligent people in the military end up behind a computer somewhere, right? It's, it's us regular guys that wind up in, in infantry and in airborne and shit like that, right? And, and so that's for the geeks, the, the computer screen shit, right? And so you got to be able to keep it simple. And so the reason why I say that is, you know, it's kind of like in, in business, you start your first business, you're scared to death, right? You quit your job, you go out there, you're scared to death, but and you're going to fuck that up, right? Like you're probably going to mess up and your first jump's never going to be your best jump out of the back of an airplane, right? But you go out, you start your first business, like most of us, it eventually fails at some point because you didn't know something or whatever the case may happen. Then, you know, you get comfortable back in your job and then you take the risk the second time. It's a lot easier because you know what not to do and what to do in the beginning. By the time you're like me, you're on business number 50 or whatever the hell. It's just another day at the office. I'll sign the LLC papers and file the shit. For me, you know, it's not that it's a, a mindset thing. It's a just trusting process and, and, and just doing the things that, that the people have laid out for me. In my case, being a mentor, the things that I've laid out for the people. It's like, we have a system that we call building the machine. And we're like, hey, we've all done it. If you just, as stupid as it may seem, it won't make sense till about week 12. But if you'll just like ignorantly and blissfully go after this and just do it as if your life depended on it, within six months, your whole fucking life will change. And it does without fail. And you know how it is. 80% of the people, they're like, ah, you know, this stuff's below me or beneath me. But the 20 that go on to do it, they all end up like, they lose weight. They make more money. They have better relationships. And so, you know, it really is simple, right? We've we got to be able to keep it simple. Do you think the 80% who don't do it, like for you, you grew up in some crazy shit and had every reason not to trust people. And so when somebody's like, yo, this is the simple shit, do the shit. Is there something within them potentially, if they had circumstances like you growing up where they're like, nah, I want to, but there's something within me that has a lot of pain attached to trusting people. Do they got to get through that barrier before they can just blindly follow somebody? You know, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, you know, for me, I look at somebody who's done something and, and I just, I buy in on me. Right. So if, if I'm going to hire you as a mentor, I'm like, you've built this amazing business and you know, you've got all the things that I want in life and, and I want to hire you. The, the way that I look at it is I'm still not betting on you. I'm betting on me. Right. 
and I'm betting on hiring you and, and I'm not hiring you to go do the work for me. I'm hiring sure. you and I got to go do the shit. You know what sure. I mean? And so I'm really taking the, the chance and the bet on myself. So I think a lot of people don't look at it that way. They're looking for the person to be the answer. But man, I've paid $30,000 to go to a mastermind that I didn't learn but one fucking thing the whole year. But guess what? I only needed that one thing. That's what I was there for. Sure. See, there's there's two types of people in the world, believers and non-believers. Okay. And this isn't a religious thing, but believers and non-believers. I happen to be a believer. I believe that if I got an idea, God or somebody up there gave it to me, and I better execute on it or before it goes to somebody else, right? If I have not if I have the ability, it's hey, this is my idea. We got to roll with it, right? I feel like that's a gift from the universe or God or whatever you want. I really do. Then there's the non-believers. And so so for me, when you get out of prison, you're never going to get a job. Man, you're going to go start your own company. Shit, I believe that. That's an idea. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe your voice over the voice that's inside my head. I'm a believer. Non-believers, oh, that thing doesn't work for me, or they don't understand my situation, or that idea, how am I going to execute on that when a simple Google search could get it fixed, right? Like, the non-believer just doesn't believe it's for them. Me, despite the millions of setbacks, I always felt like this shit was for me. I don't know why. I don't feel like I, I deserved it or I was going to outwork everybody, even though that's things that I did and I feel that way now. I just always believed it was possible. Man, my whole life, I washed people's cars. I did people's mortgages. I showed up at people's businesses to sell stuff. I met business owners that didn't really seem that smart. Right. They weren't the sharpest people. Sure. And now I know like shit, the dumber you are as a business owner, the fucking probably better <laughs> chance of being successful, to be honest with you. For sure. You know, and um, in, in, in a lot of entrepreneurs case, you know, but I looked at them and I thought, man, they're no different than me. They're no different than my dad, except for my dad settled in a job. You know, it's like and, and you know, just keeping that mindset. And like I said, the second time I got out of prison, everybody's like, you're never going to be able to do anything. It's like. Like, no, you know what? I can go get a job back. I got proof and I did, you know, whereas most people would have believed the folks around them, but that's not the voice I listened to, you know, so the, am I hearing the voice you correctly? I listened to is that idea. Am I hearing you correctly that for you, you just, for whatever reason, there's something within you that said, believe the voice, like believe it, it man. Just, it is for you, whatever that thing we want to call it, different things for different people. There's this something within you that's always like, Stuman, trust the fucking voice. It's never let me down. Yeah. You know, it's never, I mean, and you say, what's never let you down? You just say, you've been to prison twice, man. I needed to be there. Those were, they say after the age of seven, you will not reshape how you think about life unless something traumatic happened. And, and so I needed to make like a 360. So I had to do 180 one term and 180 the next term, right? <laughs> it's like, shit, he didn't learn, send him back. <laughs> and so, but, you know, it happened for a reason. I had to be able to go through those things and, and some of the things that took place in there and the connections done world, which, you know, I got 15 months in one of my sentences and I read a book a day for 15 months, man. You couldn't get a Harvard education, you know, with the, I mean, I was reading every business book I could get my hands on. And then people like, where did you learn so much about business in prison? You know, but from, from books, you know, and those are things that I, I, I didn't go to college, didn't go, I don't, I don't have a high school diploma. So th those times in my life when I was doing those things were there for a reason. Awesome, man. What's been your biggest like personal breakthrough, man, up to this point? You know, I used to be a really angry person uh, in, in, in a sense of like uh, mood swings. I might go from being totally cool to, you know, very annoyed and, and angry. 
And uh, about 2017, my wife, you know, it's always a woman. She said, uh, I was mad about something, not between us, but something that had happened at work or whatever. And she said, you're always so mad. Like, what are you, what are you scared of? Fuck, I'm not scared of mad, you know? And she goes, well, no, like, I don't know if you know this or not, but like the root of, of anger is fear. Because when you trigger the amygdala or the frontal lobe, and you have a fight or flight, and obviously you're not a flight type of guy. So fights, what happens, which comes from anger, but the only reason you would want to fight is out of fear. So what are you scared of? I'm like, oh shit. So this whole time I've been like laughing off that I need anger management and that I'm mad and stuff and and I'm scared. And so I started looking at things like, hey, when I blow up at my kids, you know, like I remember one time I yelled at Asher, because he didn't look both ways before he crossed, crossed the road. And I lost my shit with him, man, because he just hauled off and there was a car coming. And, uh, and, and you know, I get to the other side. And after I yelled at him, I was like, <laughs> you know, all like pissed and yep. shit. And I was like, man, fuck, what did I get so mad at? You know, it wasn't. And I'm like, well, I'm scared that fucking car was going to hit him, you know? And, and my a- answer was to get angry to that. And, man, it's been almost four years now since I started looking at things that way. But I just don't get mad hardly i don't raise my voice anymore i, I mean i'm not perfect right sure. but we talk sure. about i used to have an episode a day now i might got an episode a quarter you know what i mean of a year so um and and usually it's something that probably rightfully so deserves my <laughs> anger to get me at that point right but Daddy. but that's changed everything you know and and even people hit you know in the last couple of years they're like you know you you look younger than you used to and you look so much happier and shit like that it's like you know what man I know I am happier because I'm not, I'm not walking around scared. I realized what I was, and here's the second part, I guess I left out. It's like, when I realized what fears I was facing that made me mad, why did I get mad at that employee that left to go start his own business? Oh, what if he takes my clients? I'm scared of that. Right. Mm-hmm. When I started thinking that way, it's like, man, that's, that's like that scarcity mindset. Why would I fucking have that? So what's the opposite of scarcity, like abundance, right? So how, what's, if, 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 Anger is the precursor to fear. What's the precursor to abundance? And I'm like, being grateful, right? So the opposite of anger isn't love. It's it's being grateful for things, right? You're mad and scared or you're grateful and, and abundant. And so I started just, hey, you know what? That guy might quit. And he may take a couple of clients, but they're probably not the best fit for us anyway if they're going with him and we'll make the money up somewhere else, you know? And I just started this thing. And, and man, making that transition, like I said, over the last four years has totally changed my life, man. If I, um, and, and what's even crazier is I get, I always give out a bunch of uh, referrals, but now thinking with that mindset, I give out more referrals than I ever have in my life. And the cool thing is I'm starting to get a lot back too, Yeah, you know, so good because yeah. you, the other abundant thinkers are like, oh man, he's sharing with us. We'll share with him, you know, yeah, man. I've learned like with anger, man, all emotions are nothing more than messengers. And like anger's message to us is we just have a desire for change. And so we can take that energy and, and focus on what we don't want and that's going to expand or we can channel that energy like you're doing into what, what is it that we desire and then go to work to solve that. And it's a, a healthy way to channel that energy into a solution rather than just bullshit. So I'm glad you come yep. to that conclusion, man. It's good shit. And just kind of landing the plane here, man, if you could go back in time and give yourself some younger wisdom to help them collapse time and get results faster, what would you tell them, man? I don't know that I'd want that. Um, uh, I actually have a video on Instagram where it's like, if I could go back to my younger self, it's on my YouTube too. And uh, I, I would just say, you know, through all the hard times, it's going to happen for a reason. 
here's I, I have lots of young clients, guys that like we were just not two guys that one of them was 20 and one of them was 21. There was like four four gentlemen there that were in their 20s, right? And you know, they're making good money. They got 10 grand to spend on an event like this. And they're talking about, you know, I'm into cars, so they're talking about Lamborghinis and stuff. And I said, Hey man, you don't want to do all that. You know, like buying a Lamborghini in your 20s is like losing your virginity to a supermodel, man. It's just, it's, it's bad. It, it, it's not good for you, man. Like you, then what, right? Then the next car has got to be a, what a Bugatti. Then the next car has got to, cause we're always leveling up, man. You're setting the fucking bar too high out of the gate. So Ed Milet once told me your twenties, you learn most people are in college. I just happen to be in the streets. Uh, your thirties, you start to make a little bit of money. Your forties are your earning years, right? And your fifties are your compound years so that you can live through your sixties and beyond and not have to work. Doesn't mean retire, but not have to work. Right. And so I started looking at things like that. It's like, okay, you know, I had to go through the things that I went through because I'm a fast fucking person, right? Like this is what I do. I drive fast cars and fast ATV first to the market, just like we were talking about earlier. Yep. That's me. The gods had to put it the reins on me. Hey, I'm gonna put him in. It sounds crazy. I'm gonna put him in prison in his twenties because if not, he's gonna get too far ahead of himself and he's gonna fuck it up. So I'm gonna fix. I'm gonna fix it when he's got no debt. No student loans, no car notes, no mortgages. I'm going to throw his ass in fucking prison so I can get him to chill out and read these damn books and get things, right? <laughs> then I get to take it off again. Ah, oh, fuck, he's trying to buy a bank. That's not what we put him here to do. Like, they, I got to bring me back again. You know what I mean? And, and, and But then in my 30s, late 30s, I started making decent money, right? Like almost seven figures a year. Uh, no, definitely said my mid thirties, I started making seven figures a year, right? Late thirties, start making multiple seven. Now I'm 41, I'll be 42 this year. And we're, we're in a point now where it's eight figure years for us, which is even fucking crazy to say that, but we're at a point now where that, that happens. And so, you know, it's just like, I know what to do with it now. Had you done this, given this to me and collapsed time and got me into my twenties, I wouldn't have known what to do with it. Just like when I was, you know, 16, losing my virginity, I wouldn't have known what to do with a Victoria's secret model anyway, especially if she'd been with somebody else, she wouldn't want nothing to do with me anyhow. It's the same way with fucking money, you know? But now that I'm 41, I got experience all across the board, right? So, you know, that's 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 what I would tell people. It's like, don't be in a rush, right? But from day one, you need to start putting back 10% of your money into an investment account. Buy stocks. Just open an E-Trade account and buy stocks. One of the things that's allowed me to have a substantial amount of money is that I've been in buying stocks through E-Trade since 2006. And I don't sell the motherfuckers. Like, I got a big-ass, like, big dick on the table portfolio because I just bought and, and I started off buying $200 a week. I'm not talking about big money either, you know, it's but shit back then Apple was $93 a share. Just saying, right. I got a few of those. And so, you know, like I just want you guys to understand that that money I spent back in 2006 when I was in my twenties, now it's 2021. I'm in my forties and that shit's seven figures. Right. And I never missed it. I never missed it. I never had to tap into it. I never use it as a resource. So those are the two things like, you know, uh, then the only reason you want to collapse time because you wouldn't want to collapse time. If you're putting money back every week into an account and trading with it, you wouldn't want to collapse time because you need time to happen for the compound effect to kick in. And you're looking at your fucking shit that's swinging a hundred thousand dollars a day each way because the fucking president's in the office whichever president's in the office and they're mad about what he's doing for the day. It's fucking nuts, you know, yeah. but, but again, that's something that takes a while to build up. So that's what I would say. 
Cool, brother. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, if people want to join Apex, man, I know you have some cool shit going on over in Apex and helping entrepreneurs grow their businesses seven figures. Where can they connect with you at? Um, you know, the best thing is, uh, you know, you send me a DM on either Facebook or Instagram and uh, I'll shoot you over the link or whatever to apply. But, you know, Facebook or Instagram, I have a blue check on both. It's Ryan Stuman on uh, Facebook. Look, like I said, look for the one with the blue check. And it's hardcore closer on Instagram, but I check all my DMs. So if you need anything, just hit me up in the DM there. Awesome, brother. Stuman, thanks for being here, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, dude. Well, there you have it, my friend, Ryan Stuman in the house. I always have a good time kicking with Stuman, and I'm looking forward to bouncing over to his mastermind event here in Dallas in a couple of weeks. And one thing he said that really stuck out to me was if you're given an idea, run with it, right? Because if you don't, then that idea is going to be given to someone else until the idea becomes like comes to fruition. Now, I remember reading a book uh, a while back called Happy Pocket Full of Money, and it really introduced me to a concept where the only place a desire can come from is that it's being birthed in this place of like interconnectedness of consciousness or something like that. And I really think this is what Ryan was really touching on a bit. It's like, if you have a desire, then you can trust that people want it because you wouldn't have been given the idea or the desire to create something if it wasn't already being asked of by this interconnectedness of consciousness. So it's kind of crazy stuff, but it's super cool. Anyway, that's all I have for this episode of the Anthony Johnny Mix podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, send it over to them in their DMs, screenshot it, share it on social media, send them a text message, email, whatever you need to do to get this episode into the ear holes. And also please keep those five-star reviews coming over on iTunes because that's what helps get this show found by more people. And it does me a solid. So thank you so much for being here. Until next time, my friend, I'm out. Peace. Well, that's all I've got for this episode of the Anthony John Amix podcast, but we have plenty more to help you become unstoppable in life and business. So head on over to ajamix.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to help you break through to a new level of freedom, purpose, and success. I look forward to having you back for the next episode. Bye for now.